Well, Eric pretty much preached my message, so I don't have anything to say anymore. Uh, so that story is very true. I remember that text that I sent out. I sent it with a lot of anger, but also a lot of weariness, because my spirit knew it was wrong, but my mind didn't know it was wrong. Or my spirit knew it was wrong. My mind was saying, you get your way this way. And so one of the things that, two of the things that I really want to talk about today is we have an enemy, which we know Satan is our enemy, but he's actually sometimes not the biggest problem. One of our biggest problems is ourselves. And a lot of people want to blame everything on Satan, and he is a problem, but it's the unrenewed mind that actually creates more of the chaos. And so I want to talk about, uh, the first thing I want to talk about is when I started to think about why did you go in that direction when you treated Eric that way and when you disrespected many of the leaders here in the way that you did, it wasn't a lack of not hearing God's voice, which I could, I could hear it pretty clearly. It wasn't that. It wasn't that I wasn't being obedient. Sometimes I wasn't. But really what it came down to was I didn't under, actually understand my identity. And I know we throw that word around here a lot. But on a practical level, what does your identity actually look like? Uh, for me, I grew up in a very, very chaotic environment. It wasn't pleasant. Uh, there was a lot of abuse, physical, emotional. So I kind of grew up with all these walls around me all the time. And any time that I felt love, it was like, uh, we actually have to put one more wall because now you're hitting something that I've never been to. And when I started to talk to the Holy Spirit the second time I came around, he said, do you realize that the same walls that you're using to protect yourself are the walls that are actually imprisoning you? Those same walls that we, we go up to somebody and say, how are you doing? Sean talked about this. Oh, I'm good. I'm great. But actually, you don't ever really want to talk about what's going on because you think that what you're carrying around is too shameful. It's nobody else is dealing with it. That you're actually the only one that has this problem. And I guarantee you, you're already believing a lie straight from hell. And so all these walls that I put up, put up. And if you were to look at me when I first came in, guys, it looked like I had it all together. I was bubbly. I was working out. I was hanging out with all the right people. But inside, I was still very broken. And so what I gave you as a presentation was exactly what it was. It was a presentation. There was no authenticity behind it. There was no humility behind it. And so as, as I started to uh, put more of these walls around me, I realized that the light that God had given me was actually getting dimmer. And the walls were actually not growing in front of me to the size, but they were actually growing higher. And by the time I realized it, it was too late. And one of the reasons why it was too late for me to realize it is because of my refusal to get connected to the body of Christ. One of the biggest problems that I had in my walk was as soon as I started to hear God's voice, I was giving out words uh, and they were really accurate. A lot of people were like, oh my God, he just read my mail. But as soon as I was the opportunity to give God the glory, I was like, hey, why don't you just come back another time and come talk to me? Because really what that was, was it was self-promotion and I wasn't leading them towards God, I was leading towards myself. And that's not what God wants. He gives a gift, he will never take the gift, but after a while, what happened was the anointing behind it was lifted and I was agreeing with all the demons that were talking to me. 
And a lot of times, some of the people that are most prophetic actually can create the most chaos. That was me. So, do you actually believe and know your identity as a son or daughter of God? And I'm going to go through some of the corporate ways that you know that and some of the personal levels that you know that, because we hear that word all the time. I do want to talk about Satan himself first, so you are aware you do have an enemy. Who is he trying to kill? God's children. Whether you're a believer or not, you are a daughter of God. You are a son of God. You just haven't accepted Jesus, but you still are his child. He's trying to destroy you on a daily basis. What is he trying to steal? The truth about your identity. Because if you actually realize who you are, you would realize that every single one of you has the power to transform history one day at a time. One hour at a time, and if it gets too hard, one minute at a time. But you have a living God in you. If you've accepted Jesus, the truth about your identity is more powerful than any of the giftings he will ever give you. The truth about your identity will actually give you more power than any gift that he'll ever give you. So what is he trying to destroy? The fruit of the Spirit. If you have Holy Spirit living in you, he, the Holy Spirit is the one that produces these. Satan is trying to destroy, uh, destroy love, which is the first in order. If you look at the sequence, it's love. If you actually don't have love first, the rest are going to really be hard to let come out of yourself. If you actually don't love yourself, it's going to be really hard for you to continue to receive love and give what God's given on to you. A lot of times what happens is I get so overwhelmed by Jesus' love that I'm like a cup that's just overflowing. And I'm, I'm like, Jesus, who gets this? Who gets to have this love? And a lot of times he's saying, actually, keep giving that to yourself. Because if you're actually not being filled yourself, you start to perform. And performance is, does not come out of love. It comes out of willingness or wantingness to be accepted. But the problem with that, guys, is the moment that somebody doesn't respond the way that you want them to respond, you actually respond in a way that is very hurtful because you, you say, well, he treated me this way last time. Why is he giving me not as much love? You're putting your love in the wrong hands. Does that all make sense? So we start with love. Satan's trying to steal joy, peace, patience, which was a huge one for me. I've had major breakthrough in patience. And a lot of people love it. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. We call this the fruit of the Spirit. Who produces the fruit? The Holy Spirit. And how does the Holy, or who does the Holy Spirit live in? I already said it. He lives in sons and daughters. How does he try to kill and destroy and steal from us? Um, a lot of times Satan will actually throw arrows. You guys have heard this in scripture the fiery arrows of the enemy. And in the spirit realm, it looks like you're worthless. It looks like, why does that person get the promotion and I don't? It looks like, I don't think I can make it through one more day because I don't have anything to give to this world. It looks like I'm short, I'm dark, I'm fat, I'm ugly. All those are arrows that the enemy is shooting at you on a daily basis. 
And from my perspective, I think that those arrows are actually spirits. So when he shoots all these arrows, lies, and accusations, if you don't know what to do in your identity and you don't know how to protect yourself in your identity, it's just a matter of time before enough of these arrows hit you and you start actually believing them because there's spirits that are trying to attach to you, speaking into your ear when you don't want to hear it. It's just a matter of time before you start agreeing with them. Yeah, you know what? I, I really shouldn't trust Eric Waterbury. You know what? I've heard so many things about that guy, I actually think I believe them. Yeah, you know what? Shaddy's just, his joy, I think he's just faking it. How could that, how could he be so joyful all the time? Like, like you actually start to say, you know what? I think I agree with that. And I could keep going on and on and on. And for me, it was, he's just trying to control you. And so he threw enough arrows because I didn't know how to combat this stuff and all the lies. And one of the things that we've used in DNA is I made a list of the fruit of the spirit, the antonyms, the opposite of what the fruit of the spirit are the arrows that we had our group go through. And some of the words are hatred, neglect, apathy, misery, disloyalty. That's just for love. For joy, we have the opposite, which Satan throws at you is depression, sadness, sorrow, unhappiness. And we could keep going. But what we had our group do was ask the Holy Spirit if you actually have been believing any of these. And we narrow it down to words. And people came back and said, I didn't know I was actually listening and believing this stuff. But he's always going to accuse you with the opposite of the Spirit. He's never going to say, you're an amazing son of, God, a son of God or a daughter of God. He's going to say, you're a horrible son. You just sinned. What were you doing? That's the first thing he says. And then he says, you can't tell anybody because if you tell anybody, they're actually going to reject you. That's where the isolation comes in. And then he goes even further and says, you know what? I don't even think you're worth this walk anymore. Why don't you just finish it the easy way? Because it'd be a lot easier if you just ended your life now and got it out of your way. I was in that position and I was never suicidal before. And when I uh, so graciously departed from Eric, I was sitting in my room contemplating killing myself, which I'd never had before, but I could still hear God's voice saying, I love you, I love you. And he kept saying it over and over, I love you. And it actually, um, I started to believe it in my heart again because he's always the pursuers, pursuer of our hearts. And that's when I was brave enough to say, you actually don't have it all together. Everything that you think you know, you don't. You can go ahead and drop the pride, and I'm gonna go over my list. Um, let's not put it up yet, because I wanna say some things about Satan. Satan knows not to show up as himself, rather attack us through intellect and analyzing of what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. Satan is not stupid. If you were to show up at your bedroom as a demon with horns, and there was fire coming out of his belly, I'm sure you would run straight to God and repent of everything you're doing. Or you would talk to a spiritual authority and say, I got some issues. Satan is not that stupid. Sorry for my language. But he's going to use other means, like intellect. A lot of us are very smart, but we need to distinguish between the spirit and the mind. You shouldn't destroy the intellect. Some people are like, why am I so intellectual? Why do I analyze everything? It's actually not a burden or it's not a... a, a 
it's not a curse. But when you start to listen to God's voice, you distinguish between intellect and spirit, which is completely different. And so one of the ways is you see something, whether it's internally in your mind, or you see an angel, or you feel the presence fall, and the first thing that Satan will say is, did that actually happen? Do you honestly believe that? Just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it's not real. Just because you've never seen it doesn't mean God hasn't done this in another portion of the body of Christ. And that's where a lot of the judgment comes in, a lot of the unfaithfulness or just not believing. God says, believe. But Satan will start there. Do you actually believe that that person just got healed? Do you believe that that person can see angels? It's always with questions. And if you look at the way that he questioned Jesus, when Jesus went out to the wilderness, led by the spirit, by the way, guys, he wasn't led by Satan, he was led by the spirit. We had an amazing conversation at the house, Shaddy and I and some of the guys, and we noticed that there's a wave. There's an initial wave of everybody gets all this truth and everybody's like, yes, this is awesome, amazing. I'm learning all this truth. But then the next part of that, which many of us in this room have been through this, it will be tested. And what happens is when we get to that foundation part where it's starting to be built and then we're led by the spirit, not by Satan, we're led by the spirit to be tested. We're like, oh, this, no, I don't want to do this. Let me go back to this other side. Let me go back to whatever it is that you're currently struggling with. Because it's easier to go along with that old familiar spirit of gossip, of judgment, whatever you're dealing with, those are some of mine, than to say, God, I don't know what you're gonna do. I've never been down this road, but it's scary and I'm still here. I trust you in this. And so what happens is a lot of believers will get all this truth, but then when the testing part comes, and by the way, the Holy Spirit is always there. You're not alone. When you get through those tests, that's where all the power and authority comes from. But a lot of us back out right before we're ready. God said, you know what? You did amazing. I knew you could do it. I knew you would. Now this authority and this power has been given on to you. And the reason he gives it, guys, is so you can put your hand out and say to your brother and your sister, I've been down this road. Let me extend my hand and build a bridge to you. We're going to make this a lot easier than it was for me. But a lot of times Satan, he showed me, uh, God showed me a vision one time and he was like, your breakthrough's coming. You're going around a curve. All you see is the embankment and all you see is the gigantic 150 foot fall that's coming not realizing that this curve, this road actually curves around the corner. And all Satan wants to point at is there's a gigantic cliff that you're gonna go off that road if you keep going down that road, which is usually the walk with God because sometimes he's pushing you to areas you've never been to. But actually, he said, keep traveling and you're gonna realize that there is a guardrail, the guardrail being the angelic, the guardrail being the Holy Spirit, and the guardrail being all of heaven that's ready to back you up. And when it feels like you're gonna go off the edge, He just shows you, there's the turn. But he's wanting to see, are you gonna trust me around this curve? And when you go around that curve and you realize that Jesus is waiting with his hands wide open, smiling, and he says, my son, 
my son, my daughter, you trusted me, even though your feelings said that you were gonna die. You trusted me even though your family was persecuting you. You trusted me even though you had to say no to a whole bunch of things in the flesh and you said yes to the spirit. Let me embrace you. And by the way, if you fall and you don't go around the curve, he will give you the opportunity to do it again because he loves you. Our God doesn't condemn anybody. He'll just say, go ahead and stand up. I'll even help you stand up. Let me dust you off. We're gonna give you this test again, and I believe that you're gonna pass this test. And some of us are in that section right now where we've been going around this mountain, but you finally get tired of doing the same old thing. And you're like, I'm finally gonna go for this. So Satan questioned Jesus in the wilderness about his identity as a son. That's the first thing that Jesus got questioned with. One of Satan's many attempts to derail, derail us from freedom with power and authority through Christ is, again, I, he's gonna attack the identity, guys. Identity, I keep pounding it in. He's gonna attack the true nature of identity as a son or daughter who have been given all dominion. One of the practical ways that I found was really powerful, every single time that Satan was lying to me about something, because it would, it would start in my thinking, I realized if I start speaking the opposite of what he's saying, Satan's really good about lying to you about your biggest strengths. So if he's attacking you with your purity, you actually have been given a ton of purity through the Holy Spirit. One thing that start picking up on is what are you constantly being attacked on? That's usually one of your greatest giftings but he, he's always trying to pervert it in such a negative way that I, all you focus on the, is on the negativity. So when he would attack me and he would say, you're not lovable, I said, I am loved by God. You are the most judgmental person I know. I would say, actually, I call that discernment. And I'm gonna start aligning it with the truth, which is a gift of the spirit. So I started, I wouldn't just think it, I would speak it. Because the moment, as you guys know, the word says, your words either have the power to give life or to give death. And so when I started to speak all these little truths throughout the day, I would realize that as soon as I started to speak, those thoughts started to get quieter, smaller, and eventually would leave. Because I was actually spilling God's voice into my environment. And for a lot of you that don't know, a lot of the attack happens first in the spirit realm, and then we actually feel it in our physical realm. Start declaring the opposite of what Satan is saying and see what happens. There's other tools I'm gonna to talk about. One time the Holy Spirit was talking to me and he said, Saul, you want to move mountains, but you refuse to deal with the everyday pebbles of your life. You wanna conquer mountains, but you're not dealing with the everyday pebbles of your life. And I was like, what does that mean? He's like, start stewarding the little things of the day. You've been given a voice, you have the Holy Spirit, start speaking over yourself. <laughs> start speaking over yourself. What, is that, what else does that mean? If you have unforgiveness in your heart, you know what the word says about that. 
put it under the blood, go take care of this, go settle your lawsuits, as the word says, go settle your settlements outside of court, go deal with it and bow yourself down before God and say, why can't I let go? These are all the little pebbles. A lot of us, we wanna go and fight Goliath, but we haven't actually taken care of the lions and bears that come in our direction. How are you gonna get to Goliath and beat him when God's saying, you have a lion and a bear that I've been giving you on a daily basis that you've been turning your back to, and those things have actually overtaken you. So when it comes to the big battles, what do you think's gonna happen? On a practical level, if you're in a relationship and you don't have a purity plan, you don't have anybody that's accountable to your relationship, nobody's speaking to those relationships, whether it's the female side or the male side, and you're allowing all these, oh, we can just hang out after 10 by ourselves, and God's already told you, you act, that's actually not gonna work for you. That's one of the lines that he's saying, you're gonna have to tackle that one, because what's gonna end up happening is you're gonna be in a position where that Goliath is gonna come and you're gonna be in a position where you've allowed so many of these little things to become your norm in your relationship that you find yourself, next thing you know, you're having sex with your girlfriend. And then you want, I, I did this, guys. I say you, but I did this. I was like, oh, it's all right. We could hang out in my room. No big deal. And then it would go to, oh, it's all right. We could stay out past this time. Nothing's gonna happen. And eventually, they got to the point where I'm like, what, how, do, how do we get to actually going this far when we both love God? And it's because the bears and lions hadn't been tackled. It's that discipline. And then when Goliath comes, if you have not practiced the practical disciplines of safe boundaries in a relationship, I don't care how strong you are. I thought I was strong. I was like, oh, here there's Goliath. I just lost. I submitted. Why is this all so important? My failures, and we can go ahead and put that up right now. My failures to understand my identity resulted in bondage to these strongholds. Number one, the orphan mentality. And as I'm speaking about these guys, if this is something that resonates with you, don't let the enemy shame you. If, if this is hitting your heart, and I'm gonna just... Holy Spirit speaking, so I'm just gonna tell you guys right now. We have amazing prayer people up on this line. I'm one of them and I sit here and I look into the crowd and God starts to show me a lot of things, some amazing, some not, but it's our refusal to go forth and share that with somebody that actually is preventing your breakthrough. There is a lot of powerful people and do not look at the way that they look. Do not judge them for things they've done in the past because a lot of our people are growing so quickly from one week to the next that they're not the same person. But we hold that judgment of what they did three months ago. And so the reason I say that is on a practical level, when I started to come back, God would say, you're always gonna go get prayer even if you have nothing to pray about, you're gonna come into agreement and thank me for everything that I've done. And that's exactly what I did. When I didn't have anything else to get prayer for, people would be like, you always go for prayer. Why do you get prayer every time? And I was like, when I don't have anything to pray for, 
I just go and come into agreement and I thank God for everything that he's done in my life. He responds to that. If you guys remember the story, he healed seven or eight, I don't remember the exact number, only one came back and thanked him and he said, you are fully healed. You have been fully restored. So I found a reason to thank God. He responds to all the little things. So if one of these is hitting you, I would encourage you to push past the comfort of saying nothing and there shouldn't be any single prayer partner up here that doesn't have two to three people behind them. That's what God told me and I did it and I started to get freedom at such a rapid pace that I, didn't, I couldn't keep up with what was going on. People were telling me all these things and I was like, really? I started to believe them. But it was my obedience to what he had said and I know he's speaking to some of you right now and he's saying it's time for you to release that burden and to receive your freedom. It's time for you to release that. It's actually not yours. You may have come into agreement with it, but we can go ahead and use Jesus' beautiful name and his blood to break it like that. And yes, you'll have to do some things on your end to co-labor with God, but part of you coming up is the beginning to your breakthrough. So, orphan mentality, judgment, gossip, pride, division, performance, refusal to submit to appointed authority, excuse me, separation from God and the community is ultimately what ended up happening. My orphan mentality, I talked about the walls, nobody was safe. Every single person that represented love to me was danger. Again, the opposite. Judgment, um, I started to operate in the gift of discernment and God would start revealing strongholds in people and just start showing me and I had no idea how to steward the stuff in the beginning and I would see people and I'm like, oh, I, like just stay away from me. Like, I don't even wanna talk to you. Like, I'm afraid what you have is actually gonna get on me which is like ridiculous because that's not why God ever shows anything. But that was my judgment. Or if somebody did something the first time to make me upset, I would immediately put them on a list of don't talk to them or don't even smile at them. Don't even waste your time. Just go to the ones that are all holy and anointed. <laughs> Gossip. Ah, this is a big one. So a lot of times I would... Tell somebody, oh yeah, I totally agree with that. All my way home, I'm like, that was a bunch of baloney. Who do they think they are? And what do they think they know about my life? And I'm spilling all this stuff into the atmosphere, agreeing with the wrong spirit. And when you actually start to do that, you're helping Satan shoot those arrows at those people that are actually trying to love you. It is like a boomerang effect. Whatever you throw out with your words, it feels good in the moment because you're like, ah, I'm just gonna talk about that person right now. That person's so lazy. That person just smells funny. <laughs> Whatever it is. But what happens is it feels good for like a second and then it's a boomerang. It's just a matter of time before all of that comes around and by that time, everything you throw out, every single word 
there's a spirit behind it and it hits you. And when it hits you, it hits you hard. And you, most of us probably have been there. All of a sudden you're depressed. All of a sudden you have all this resentment, all this anger that you didn't have before. Ask yourself if you've been hit by the words that you actually put out. Ask yourself, have I actually now been hit by the words that I just put out in the spirit realm? Because that's usually when you start to feel that depression, that sudden rage. Rage is like a huge one. It's like, where did that come from? Ask yourself, did you contribute to what just happened? Pride. <laughs> Jeez. Um, this one makes me laugh because I struggled so much with pride, guys. Growing up, I didn't have a pleasant lifestyle at home, but I was very much of an athlete. I excelled in every single sport. I hung out with the popular kids, didn't even realize I was popular because I was so broken inside, and pretty much could date any girl that I wanted to in high school. So I started to put my identity and the things that other people thought was amazing, which was girlfriends, which was uh, who I talked to at Epic Life, who was I hanging out with, which was I have to look good all the time because they can't see that, that I'm actually hurting inside. So I started to build all these false identities and pride was one of them. So anytime that that was challenged, I immediately stuck my chest out. I know people make fun of my chest. But I would stick my chest out and get authoritative and get kind of aggressive and start to challenge everything that was being said, not realizing all it was was false authority, which was pride. It's not how loud you pray. It's not how low you pray. It's not who you know at Epic Life. It's not how long you've been at Epic Life. It's how you humble yourself before the Lord how you humble yourself before the Lord. And when it's time to make that decision, do I give the credit to God or do I give it to myself, is when you realize whether you're carrying around pride, which is the wrong false authority, false power, or when you actually say, you know what, I actually made a huge mistake on that one. Let me own my mistake. And actually, I'm gonna shut up now because you have some wisdom and I need to hear what you have to say. Because at the end of the day, you have a lot more experience, your life speaks for itself, and I just need to sit here and tell myself, shut up and listen, and that's what I did. And my pride would come up and be like, no, but you, and then I was like, shut up and listen. All the times I would tell myself, I would actually bite my lips sometimes, I was like, because I didn't want to say what I wanted to say. But that's how I started to break down the pride. I used to come do the setup, six months ago, and I was walking around with the attitude, I'm like, why do I have to do this? Like, this isn't for me, like, I'm too good for this. Not realizing that God was such a servant, he always humbled himself, all the time. He was actually working on the area that he needed for myself in order to say, now you're ready for this promotion. Because God, it's not that he withholds anything from you, it's that he doesn't wanna give you something that's gonna be the downfall to your own walk. 
Some people are like, God, why haven't you given me this? Why haven't you given? Ask yourself, can you actually handle what you're asking for? I was actually given a position when I first came. My character wasn't ready for it. It was very obvious shortly after. So don't blame God, guys, for everything that you're not getting. Ask yourself, what am I actually not doing in my foundation? Because when you do get that promotion, everything that you're currently struggling with is gonna get amplified. When you get that corporate promotion, everything that you haven't dealt with will rise up on a stronger level. But the problem with that is now you've been given, it's not that promotion means that you get to talk behind the mic, it's that God says, I can't afford for one person to listen to you speak anymore, I'm gonna give you a stadium full of people. He wants to empower his sons and daughters through the people around you, and it's not who's up on the stage, it's how many people are you actually influencing when you speak? Because there's plenty of people that walk around with a gift, but they don't have any followers. Zero. They could prophesy all day long, but nobody is following them, and it's for a reason. And so when God promotes you, he wants to make sure that when somebody's tempting you, because the enemy will tempt you, that your character and your disciplines have already said no so many times that it's like a joke. I look at Satan now, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And I just walk away. I'm like, I don't even have time to rebuke you right now. (laughs) Sometimes, not always. But a lot of times I'm like, I don't even have time for you. Like Jesus is right here. You stay over there. I'm going to walk towards Jesus. So if you've already accepted Jesus, you have the advocate living in you. That's the Holy Spirit. If you haven't, we can actually help you in that direction to receive God. And if we could put uh, the verse, John chapter 14, verse 16 through 21. Awesome. Before I read that, I looked up the opposite of orphan in the dictionary. And the opposite of orphan is actually parented. I was like, well, Jesus, who's... Who's our parents? Who's, who am I being parented by? And he actually said, you're being parented by God, God Almighty, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. You have three parents, aside from your earthly parents. But he said, you have three daddies, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and you are being parented by all three of them. It's your choice whether you choose to listen or not. Can't force you to. So in John 14, 16 through 21, it says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. You tell your emotions when you feel alone. Holy Spirit is here. I like what Esther said, you tell your emotions what to feel. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives in you now and later will be in you. Now, I will not abandon you as orphans. 
That's Jesus speaking. I will not abandon you as orphans. That makes me rejoice aside. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commands and obey them are now, are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. If you're having a hard time understanding that Jesus is actually alive, start to look at the people around you. A lot of times he works and loves so, in such a beautiful way through the person that's sitting right next to you. But you've been looking in all the wrong places. If you don't know what love looks like, ask the Holy Spirit, have I been judging the person that's sitting next to me? Because they're actually waiting to love you like Jesus loves you. And Jesus has, um, he says a lot of times he'll talk to me, he's like, are you gonna release me today? We're like gates, are you gonna release me? And I say, yes, I am. That means I open myself up to push aside from my own selfishness and say, okay, put your junk to the side, this person needs God, how are you gonna minister to them? But a lot of times we don't actually look at the body and think that every single one of you has Jesus living in them because we're worried about what they did last week or we're worried about what you saw on Facebook or we're worried about what the person told you a year ago as far as their integrity. Really, a year ago? I've seen people transformed in one month. And a lot of them are in our community. A key to this whole thing, guys, is asking and listening to the Holy Spirit builds intimacy. Relationship and understanding of God and his perfect love. If you're not asking questions, if you're the one that's just, God, I want this, I want that, this is awesome, and then you just get up and you go to bed or you go hang out with your roommates or whatever, and you're not actually listening, he's actually trying to tell you a bunch of beautiful things about yourself. Sometimes I, uh, when I'm in my prayer time, I start to cry because what he says is actually so beautiful that it overwhelms me. And it's all the things that Satan came to kill, steal, and destroy. And God says, actually, you are beautiful. You are pure. You are love. And you can give that onto everyone else. And we're gonna transform the world one person at a time. And I actually started to believe that. I started to believe it. Asking and hearing the Holy Spirit's voice prompts you to make wise choices that align with the kingdom principle versus worldly principles. I'm gonna read that one again. Asking and hearing the Holy Spirit's voice prompts you to make wise choices that align with kingdom principle versus worldly principles. A lot of times, you're about to get ready to go out and hang out with somebody and Holy Spirit is clearly saying, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't put yourself in that position. You should stand up when you're hearing somebody talk about the leader because your no is your agreement to their yes. 
But if we're not listening, we're gonna just go by what the flesh says. And by the way, what I found is most of the time the flesh and Satan, they want to give you a momentary pleasure of what God has already given you in heaven while on earth. A lot of times, Satan will give you a false representation of what God has already declared is yours. But he wants to present it to you in a way that takes no character building. He wants to present it in a way that's quick and easy. But that doesn't build any of the character you're going to need when the going gets tough. Obeying Holy Spirit's daily commands and co-laboring with his guidance will lead us into life versus fleshy desires. Following the flesh lead us into a divided kingdom of thinking, bringing death, destruction, shame, and fear, separating us from God and the body of Christ and community. What does that look like on a practical level? I, I've never used Pinterest before. And then I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta be hip. I gotta have all these new apps. I don't even know what I'm doing on Pinterest even yet. So I'm like, I can't even save a picture, guys. Like, I don't even know how to use Pinterest, honestly. But I, I absolutely am in love with clouds, sunsets. So I started looking up clouds and sunset. And then out of nowhere, this girl in a bikini would show up. Like, the clouds and the sunset were in the back. I'm like... I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I scroll through it, pass by. I'm like, okay, that, I don't even want to see that. And I normally don't struggle with lust or in, in that area, I don't. I don't struggle with pornography. I struggle with other things, but that's not one. And then I would randomly go on there right before bedtime too because I like, couldn't go to sleep. So I'm like, all right, sunsets, cute kittens. And all of a sudden, this girl in a kitten b- bikini comes on. I'm like, what? <laughs> so before I knew it, I was like, I started to go into Pinterest and with no intention of looking at it, of course. And then I'm looking at fitness models. And then I'm like, oh yeah, well I like fitness. So this is just, this is the final work. Like this inspires me. And then they just started getting really ridiculous in the pictures. And then there was a week where I was just like, all my dreams were about lust. And I was just struggling in my dreams. And I was trying to take authority, (laughs) and it was just a really hard week, and I was doing everything I knew what to do, and Holy Spirit finally said, are you ready, finally listen listen to what I have to say? And I was like, yes, please. He's like, I want you to actually stop looking at Pinterest. And he said, the open door for you is you go in with good intentions, but then you come out with the wrong intentions. And it's just a matter of time before you actually agree with what you don't want to agree. And the discipline part of that is, I know what's coming up now. I honestly don't even like going on Pinterest anymore. Because I can't afford to jeopardize what God wants to do to me and through me for a momentary pleasure. I can't. He's, He's already given me too much freedom and too much joy for me to go right back to point number one, because that's what it's gonna lead to. So it's all those little things. It's not like he's saying, go and preach to a thousand people, and if you obey me, then I'll give you more. No, it's what's the latest thing that I've told you not to look at? What's 
a practical way that you can actually listen to what I'm saying. I'm trying to spare you and save you a whole bunch of shame and destruction. I talked about us being our second biggest enemy. When we make a mistake, Satan can actually back up from you. He can leave you by yourself because we do a good job of condemning ourselves. Because then we're like, I actually can't go to God because now he's so disappointed with me. And I told him I loved him, but I chose to sleep with my girlfriend or I, I chose to be not integrous with the latest report. Whatever it is for you guys, I cheated on my taxes, whatever. He, Satan can actually back up. Why is it important to be in a community like this? This is where I get to talk about appointed authority. First, if we could put up, or actually, you can put it up there, Derek. John 15. I have, as branches of the grapevine, the pruning process is required by an almighty father that loves you. A good father corrects his children in order to break away old thinking and wiring known as a renewed mind. So the pruning process begins. A lot of times, God starts to work on areas of our lives that aren't supposed to be there. And it's not always through himself, it's through appointed authority that says, actually, what you're doing right now is heading in a direction where you're walking into a loaded gun. What, that decision that you're about to make is actually gonna take you to a place that is gonna be very hard for you to bounce back. Actually, you do hear Holy Spirit's voice, but you're not submitted to authority, which is only gonna give you a portion of what you've been asking for. And eventually that anointing will lift and you will be prophesying under the wrong spirit. Actually, you're not being completely honest, and I don't, not only do I know that, but Holy Spirit already revealed that to me, and you're lying right to my face. Appointed authority there is not, guys, appointed authority is not there to shame you. It's not there to bring you down. It's actually there because they've been through a couple things and God has actually appointed them to be in that position. And he will be the one that removes them if they are not walking with integrity, if they're not walking with what God told them to do. It is not our job to judge their position or their life. I don't always agree with my appointed authority, but I've learned how to submit myself under their authority because that's what God tells me to do and I've seen the fruit in my life when I do that. And sometimes I don't agree with it because I actually haven't been revealed the truth about the situation because God actually wants to see, are you gonna submit even though you don't know? That's walking by faith. They already see it, you don't. But are you gonna submit to what I told them to tell you? For me, a lot of times it was no. No, you can't know what happened Friday night. No, I will not allow you to disciple the last girlfriend that I was dating or disciple anybody that's in, within reach of me. 
Because in that way, I, I could play it safe. But really, again, I was separating myself from that appointed authority. And so it's really important to ask yourself, even right now, the appointed leaders that are above you, have you been pushing them away? Because it's giving you that comfort of, I don't actually have to talk about myself, and I don't have to go anywhere, and I don't have to do anything, but actually what you're starting to realize is there's so many people that have gone to a place of transparency and submission to authority that they're being raised like pillars, fires just coming out of them. And you're wondering, what's happening to me? Ask yourself, are you submitted to appointed authority? And yes, we can have a life where we have our Sac State education, the picket fence, the cars, the vacations, but none of that guarantees freedom. None of that guarantees joy. None of that guarantees the fruit of the Spirit. But there is one thing that is guaranteed. When you submit to God and you submit to appointed authority, I, guys, I, there's not, every single day is not pleasant for me. I was in a situation where I was accused at work, I work in a elementary school, of doing some things. And it was all just, of course, none of it was true. And it was right around the time that all this promotion I knew was coming in the spirit realm. My car broke down twice that week. I was having that issue at work. And obviously none of it was true. And God said, are you going to trust me? And then I spoke to my appointed authority. And they're like, oh, you don't have to worry about that, son. God's going to take care of it all. But if I wasn't submitted to a portion of the body, I would have probably been dealing it with by myself saying, just tormenting myself. When you're submitted, you actually get some wise counsel from people that have already been tested and passed the test. Does that make sense? The other part of the pruning process is I keep stating it, guys. And I actually want to read the verse. In John 15, 1 through 8, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does not bear his, uh, I lost my spot, sorry, guys. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. We talk, we, uh, those are called sucker branches, if you're looking at a plant. They actually suck all the nutrients off what's supposed to be produced. And that's what God does too. He starts to break away thinking that has been stealing the truth about what God is trying to tell you. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me so that I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. So if you are using the gift, but you're not submitted to any portion of the body of Christ, it's just a matter of time before that stops producing anything, because you're not connected. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. 
apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I like that last part, because then when God gives you that answered prayer or that promotion, who's the first person that gets credit? Is it yourself, or do you submit, you surrender yourself to God and say, God, I love you, that was you. When you give a testimony about a healing, are you actually giving God the credit or are you giving yourself the credit? When you see an angel, are you pointing it out just so people can say, oh man, you see into the spirit realm? Or are you actually pointing it out to say, actually, I saw that angel breaking apart something that that person was struggling with and the reason God chose to show me was that was so I could go over there and agree with that angel and the spirit realm and let that person know that they're not alone. Again, he really sees, is this glorifying me or is this for you? When we don't allow the Holy Spirit and God to prune us, we actually create a divided kingdom when we refuse or deny the pruning process. A divided kingdom will never survive. So when you're actually fighting what God's trying to tell you or the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you, you're creating a divided kingdom within yourself. It will not survive. And a lot of times, it's that lukewarm behavior where he gives you all this breakthrough and we use either epic or other portions of the body where you come and get a shot because you're feeling sick, but as soon as you feel good, you start to walk away and you leave the body again and you come, it's like a filling station. You can keep doing that, but that's not gonna take you to the place that God wants to take you. That's a divided kingdom. So the question to ask yourself when it regards to authority, how well do you get along with authority figures in your life now? Whether it's your bosses, teachers in school, ministry leaders, or your parents. If every single person or authority that I just named, you actually have a huge problem with, the reason you wanna ask these things, and it's so important, it's usually how you respond to God. God is an authority figure. So this is really, really important to know how you respond to them because if you're not responding to the authority above you, it's usually how you're responding to God. Authority is placed for your own protection and not your own fall. And when we start thinking that way, we're actually gonna start to trust the appointed authority and it's simple things, guys. I, I'm talking about, like, I've been given the position of setup. And so I actually look, when I send out that text, because it is a position of authority, believe it or not, who's actually responding to that text? 
Who's actually showing up on time? Who's actually taking the setup process serious? Who's actually working during that time? And the reason I take note is because so does God. He starts you off with all these little things and he says, go steward this part of what I've given you. I just had a conversation with somebody this week and I, and I said, I actually think you have enough truth on your plate and you know enough. There's no more truth that you need at this point. You actually just need to go steward what's been given to you because you're looking for more, not even actually stewarding the parts that God has given you. Uh, so I would encourage you, ask yourself, what has God already asked you to do that you actually put it on the back burner saying that actually don't, I don't wanna deal with that right now or that's not what I wanna talk about. Go take care of those little things first and then see the more you respond to those things, the more that you're gonna be given for you to actually tackle, handle, get authority over and then go speak life over someone else. Anything that you agree with in the Holy Spirit and you now transform your mind and renew the mind, you have been given authority over that. So when you see somebody hurting, you recognize it, you see it, you pray over it, you speak against it, and when you speak, that person most of the time will say, I feel completely different. That's your authority over that. Whether it's gossip, whether it's lukewarmness, whether it's judgment. What's your attitudes when given directions? Do you do it with the servant's heart or do you do it with resentment? Are you promoting yourself or are you trying to promote and serve God? Do you constantly have something to say or do you always to say back or something to, be, to uh, have seen? What I mean by that is, do you do it in front of here where everybody can see you or are you doing it where nobody's watching you? Those are all good things to ask yourself. And I'm actually running out of time, so the last part I'm gonna talk about is, just look at the people around you in this community or whatever portion you wanna submit to. Don't look at how they look, look at how they live their life and look at what their life produces. And I would encourage you to ask them, can I come under your covering? It may be as simple as just hanging with them. It may be as simple as, can you be my prayer partner? It may be as simple as, I have something that I've never told anybody, I'm ready to tell somebody. And ask Holy Spirit who that person is, and he will reveal it to you. How do you invest your time? On a practical level. Invest your time with people that are killing giants. And eventually, you will be killing giants too. But if you look at your core friends and they're all kind of doing the same thing, something's off there. And what I mean by something's off, if they're not walking in authority, if, they're, if nobody's following them, then it's not time to separate yourself from them, but it's time to start looking at other options. And you could be the one that goes back to that group and says, I have some truth and authority to speak into you guys. Can I give you some life now. We don't want to separate that. We just want to make sure you're getting filled and taking that. 
The last thing I want to say, guys, I say guys a lot. I've been corrected on that. <laughs> so I need to work on that. I love this quote by Bill Johnson. He is uh, one of the senior pastors at, in Reading. And I absolutely love Bill Johnson because he lives a life that eventually I want to walk with, just like some of the men in this room. He says, the Lord is longing to live on earth again through yielded people that represent him without defilement, without compromise of impurity, and without a cowardly approach that lacks boldness. I've been following, I put this in my heart, and I started declaring it over myself. And it's done many, many amazing things in my life. And the reason I love that is because I see the freedom that people receive when I let God speak through me, and God gets the credit. So, I thank you guys for listening to me and I'm really excited to see what else God does in the rest of our community. Thank you guys.